Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Danny Newcomb is a school SLP, Start Your Private Practice alum, and Insta-famous on Instagram, where you may know her as the Messy SLP. In this episode, Danny talks about how she has no plans to quit her job as a school SLP, but is seeing private clients on the side as a way to work with her ideal clients and create another income stream to help increase her finances. You do not need to quit your job to start a private practice. You can do exactly what Danny is doing and work with ideal clients and get paid what you're worth, even just a few hours a week. I cannot wait to introduce you to Danny, who, again, you may know from Instagram, but you may not know her full story. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro Casbon, speech language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. One of the things that I say all the time is, there is no such thing as a perfect private practice, only one that's perfect for you. When you work for someone else, they choose which clients you see, how many people are on your caseload. They dictate your hours and your pay. That's just the nature of being an employee, right? Well, what if you had a chance to be your own boss without quitting your job? Well, that's exactly what today's guest, Danny Newcomb, is going to talk about. To be honest, before I started my private practice, I had no clue that seeing private clients on the side was an option. I thought you either were in private practice or you weren't. At the time, I only thought about private practice as a job setting. Now I realize that private practice is like a vehicle to get the freedom, flexibility, and financial independence that you want. Private practice is more like choose your own adventure than I realized. I teach my students how to picture a private practice that works for them and for the current season of their life and then put plans into place to make it happen. And yes, a small private practice on the side is a great option, and it's much more lucrative than people realize. So without further ado, let's go on to the episode with Danny, who has created a private practice that works well for her, her goals, 
and the clients that she serves. We are going to hear Danny's story, which is absolutely amazing, right? She's like really awesome at reels. Jenna's trying to learn how to do reels. <laughs> That's something she excels at. Maybe <laughs> you teach me how to do reels and I'll keep teaching you about private practice. How about that? Perfect. I'm in. Perfect. I love it. So I know lots of y'all know Danny, but just in case, could you introduce yourself to everyone and, and just share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Danny. I am headed into year four of being an SLP, which is kind of crazy. I currently am on my second year in an elementary school in Indiana, and I am coming up on one year of owning my own private practice. Yeah, I mean, I currently I'm a PEDS SLP to my core, like diehard PEDS SLP. Um, and uh, I'm just excited to be talking to you, to be honest. I'm so thrilled. Well, I'm excited too. What I love to share are just stories of real people who have been able to start a private practice, either, you know, some people do it full time, some people do it on the side, people do it with a variety of different types of clients. So I know that you've shared that you're, you're a pediatric person. Who are the kind of clients that you love to work with the most? Who lights you up and allows you to do your best work? I have to say the nice thing about the private practice is that I am seeing younger kiddos. So I have um, a younger kid that I wouldn't normally see um, in the schools. So I'm really enjoying my younger kids right now that I get to serve because I feel like I get to be just over the top and extra, but through my private practice and through the schools, um, right now I'm just finding this passion for AAC, um, or I should say I'm uncovering this passion for AAC. I think it was there. I just didn't know enough to have a passion really. Um, so those right now, just being able to ta allow a kid to connect with the rest of the world with a communication device or something like that, like that's been that's been so rewarding and so challenging. And so right now I'm really on fire about those particular uh, kiddos. And I love that you and I DM'd like, I don't know, a week or two ago. And you were like, you know, that just how happy you were to be able to work with, with a kid that you wouldn't have gotten to see in your traditional setting. But because you have your own private practice outside of that day job, you are able to see this child. And this child is able to see you and you wouldn't be available to them if you weren't doing this, right? Yeah. Like we actually got yesterday, uh, parents decided to move forward with getting this kiddo uh, their own lamp device um, because it was just opening up all of these new opportunities. And mom was just like, thank you. Like the frustration has decreased for both of us. She's like, I now know that my kid wants something to drink, but I know that she also wants milk, not water. And so just, again, being able to be with those kids, like I would not see that kid if it weren't for my private practice and for word of mouth about my private practice. So that's a huge, huge blessing for sure. Well, and I love hearing that, right? Because all of us want to be able to work with our favorite types of clients. And in certain settings, like you may have a favorite type that you just don't get to see just because of yeah. just either luck of the draw or just the type of, you know, the setting that you're in. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why SLPs choose private practice is really for that fulfillment, right? Like a lot of times I talk about the four Fs, which are freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, and finances. And I'd like to talk about what are the other ones that are interesting to you, but I know that fulfillment is really kind of what you're talking about right now. And then also having the freedom to be able to see that client 
outside. Yeah, that's been huge. I mean, just having, and then it is the flexibility. Like I am the business owner. I am the head SLP, if you will. And so I do have flexibility within that. And that's been huge because then it's not this thing that I'm overly stressed about on top of my work day. Like it's something I actually enjoy doing because even within the confines of, I see them after school, I do have some flexibility to kind of adjust now their private pay. So that's something to note as well. But I can adjust frequency or we can go, hey, you know what? Your kiddo seems a little burnout. Let's take two weeks off where you don't have to have this crazy lady coming in your house and then let's circle back around. And so that's been super nice as well. That flexibility just within, you know, having a few clients on the outside of it. So, yeah, I love that. When did you first start thinking about seeing your own clients through your own practice? I would say that it had been a conversation with um, my now fiance. It had been a conversation for a bit where we were just, where I thought, you know, I think it would be really cool, but it was always something that was kind of out of reach. And I, I think I liked your Facebook page. And so I would get updates and then luck of the draw. I actually was doing hearing screenings with another SLP in our district who went through your program, who has her private practice on the side. And she was like, yep, do it. Like I made my money back from the program in this amount of time. Like I I was able to make a more informed decision just because I'm so, um, as you say, I get stuck in analysis paralysis and it was like, oh my gosh, somebody actually had success from this. Like, this is like legit. And so then it became a conversation. I would say early last fall, like a legitimate conversation. Is this something that I pursue? So it had been a thought, but never really a conversation until about last fall. And that's when it was like, okay, this is like actually something that could happen. But I, my clinical fellowship year, my CFY was in a private practice that was started by two SLPs who wanted to do better by their, uh, by their patients and the kids that they saw, they wanted to do better by their families and just by themselves. And they wanted to create an environment that really just fostered growth for new SLPs like myself. And um, seeing that it was like, man, that's so cool. Like they just started out of their house where their staff meetings were in Panera Bread. And like, you gotta love a story like that. You're like, dude, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. And so I I think I always had it tucked in the back of my mind when I realized that that was something that people did. Totally. And and it may have been something that you thought that you do like later, right? Like maybe, you know, like when you had had a couple of maybe decades in the field, yeah. not like, you know, just a couple of years, right? I think that's one of the things that like surprises people. And I know when I first started my private practice, like I got a random opportunity to treat a private client and I was like, I'm only 26. <laughs> yeah. I'm now 40, everybody. But at the time I was only 26 and I was like, me? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. Right. But I had was wonderful people to mentor me and show me the way and like, help me get my ducks in a row. And I was able to start seeing private clients, like literally decades earlier than I thought was even possible. And I think that, you know, we go through grad school and we go through our early careers, having an idea of what we think private practice is and what it looks like, but that's really just like an old version that doesn't really, I mean, it does exist anymore, but not the way that I teach people how to do it and not the way that I think works best for most SLPs, right? You're a great example of someone who, you know, is young, is creative, like likes to think outside of the box and wants to do really good things for her clients and also have those rewards, you know, for herself. And I think that's awesome. 
Yeah. I mean, it's been a great journey. And like the, I remember when I established my LLC and it was just this moment of like, oh my gosh, I did it. Like I am a business owner. And I remember just like, there was, yes, there was a certain amount of time where I would just look at Eric and I would go, I own a business. Like, this is so cool. I'm so stressed because I have no guarantees and no nothing. Like that was something that stressed me out a little bit because it was just at some point, And I think I put it in the Facebook group. I was like, I'm just going, I'm just going in because I had checked off the boxes and I had checked with the SLP, who's actually my mentor in the district now. Um, you know, I checked with her, Hey, I'm here. Is this a good spot to start? And she was like, gosh, yes, just go. And so I, you know, but that like ownership, like this is mine. This is mine. It's something that I feel like we don't necessarily get all the time as SLPs. Like you're a part of a team, which is amazing. I love the team that I'm a part of. I learn a lot from the people I work with, but at the same time, like, it's so cool to own your own business and to see kids that, you know, and to say no, like turning away clients is super hard because I want to take them all. But it's also like, it's kind of, you get to that point where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, my schedule is full and I can't take anymore. And it was kind of a, gosh, this is going well. So, I mean, it's just been, it's, it's a, it's a really neat journey that I have so enjoyed so far. Yeah. Well, and I've just loved watching you grow, right? Like, cause it's fun for me to watch you, you know, you you do the reels and you're at the school and then you'll like do the little question box things. And you'd be like, I saw two clients today. And I was like, yeah, go Danny, go. So could you talk a little bit, I'm sure that we have lots of people who are watching on with us live and probably also catching the replay who are school-based SLPs who have been in the schools and are maybe getting a little bit like itchy to do more things. What would you say to people who are basically a lot like yourself who are in the schools, but also sort of toying now with the idea of private practice? I think that it has shaped my school-based practice a little bit because um, I think there's a certain, um, a little bit of enticement, if you will, uh, to push the ethical boundary because if you have a private pay client, you don't have anybody to run, run it by like, okay, you know, I can see this kid. I can justify seeing this kid based on this evaluation or based on whatever, but you have to look more at, should I keep this kid? This parent is paying out of their pocket. Is this a legitimate reason for me to keep this kid? And so I actually think that having my private practice has helped me and it's helped inform my school-based practice a little bit because I have to look at it more from a certain lens and, and a different lens. And I think that it's also helped me. It's just like you said earlier, seeing kids that I don't see at the schools. So it's not the same, you know, I see pre-K, I think I have one pre-K kid at the school. So I say, I see K to six. Great. I love it. I love the range of kids, but I tell you, I feel like I come alive when I get to see my super young client who's below school age and I just get to kind of do some unstructured play. And so it's really just, it's been really great. And it's helped kind of reignite a passion, if you will. The supplementary income is nice, especially as we are um, prepping for a wedding in five months. That has been really nice to go, hey, I don't have to burn myself out. So I really, if um, I'm doing the math, I have one kid who's on consultation through my private practice through an arrangement I have with the parents. So I see three kids regularly and that's an income. We are going, Hey, this is something we can rely on 
to help provide for our wedding. Like that's huge because I'll tell you as a school SLP, I do not make enough to pay for a wedding. So that's been amazing because it's just, and again, there's that ownership. I have this, like, I'm not just a district employee, like this is mine. And so that's also helped because I think it's helped me just to be honest with my confidence as a therapist, because I am on my own. I'm not relying on a district. I'm not relying on a SPED director, other SLPs. I am on my own. And so I really think that it has helped supplement my school experience. And then to be honest, I am also very good at creating boundaries now. Hey, my contract time is done at three. I have a private practice client to get to. I'm out. And so I've gotten really good at that too, which is something I'm not very good at. (laughs) Don't you love that energy when you're like leaving your day job, right? And you're like walking your car, right? And then you get in and you crank up the radio and maybe sing a little song on the way, roll down the window. You have a totally different feeling when you're on the way to something that is yours, that you created and you know that you're doing amazing work for people who are also like valuing what you're doing, both in terms of like, you know, the parents say nice things to you, but also (laughs) valuing you in terms of financial compensation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also helped. I've connected. So I am a school SLP who sometimes has to reach out to a private SLP. And now I am a private SLP who has to reach out to a school SLP. And so that's something that's been different for me too. um, Because reaching out to a school SLP and having her kind of explain something and me going, no, 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 no. Like I do this on the side. I'm a school SLP too. I get it. I know what you're talking about. It was kind of like, well, how do I want to have these conversations and stuff? So that's been But yeah, just that energy, that excitement, that going, this is mine. And then looking at um, the app that I use to, you know, to charge my clients and going, oh my gosh, like it totals up the amount of money that you've made each month. And you just go, it doesn't. And there are times where I go, I tell you, I don't want to see a private client today. I am beat. I am tired from life. But then once I get there and there have been times where Eric's like, it's okay, you got this. And I'm like, right, I got this. And I get there and it's like, yep. Yes. I love it. Like, I love it. And I get to show up in a, in a sweatshirt and jeans and tennis shoes. And oftentimes if I just have a private client, I'm not wearing any makeup, I'm rolling up how I am. And it's, that's the way I want to run my business. And so I don't have anybody telling me you have to wear scrubs. Like I'm going to roll up this way. So absolutely. There's a certain excitement and a fire that comes from it for sure. And I love hearing you talk about your wedding and how this is also like fun because when I first started my private practice, I was also getting married at the same time. And I remember just having that extra income that went to the wedding so that we could like get better chairs. Like I literally yeah. remember making a decision about the chairs and because of like my private practice income, we could spring for better chairs yeah. and that literally made a difference. It's huge. And then like, even there was an opportunity, I have this old refurbished Mac and I'm, you know, I'm getting my doctorate degree and it was or my clinical doctorate. And Eric had the opportunity to, I had the opportunity to basically buy his school computer off of him because they were getting new computers. And it was so awesome because let me tell you, buying that computer would have wrecked my budget, but I needed it for my doctorate. And I also needed it for my private practice and being able to go, it's okay. I have an account that I can tap into and it's also a tax write-off. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was a huge sense of freedom where I just, I was a little overwhelmed by it because I was like, man, I have this money that prior to this, it would have broken me down to try, you know, I would have had to pinch pennies to try to get this laptop that I desperately need, but being able to go, Hey, 
It's a tax write-off. And I have an account that has sufficient funds that can provide this for me. That was a big moment. It was awesome. Well, right. Cause it's awesome. A, when you have that extra money, right. And also when you know that you can use that extra money to generate more money. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's where, where people, I want SLPs to start to shift their mindset to thinking of things as investments mm-hmm. versus a cost, right? Like when you invest in a new laptop that you're going to use to generate income, that's a whole different thing, right? So mm-hmm. I think that that mindset around private practice and how and stepping into the role of business owner is really different. And it's something that I, I just love to watch like unfold in people. What are some other like just kind of byproducts, would you say, of you having a private practice, maybe in terms of confidence or in terms of other things that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, confidence is a huge part of it. Like I said, there's that just radical ownership of this is mine. And then there's also the flip side of it that, like I said, you kind of, you have to be a little, I would say a little more, oh, I'm going to say a little more present. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just day to day, like this is what I do every single day. It's a little more present because I am in charge of everything. You know, I'm in charge of the building. I'm in charge of making sure that progress reports are done at this time, all of that stuff. So that's been, that's been good. Like I said, I just have to be a little more present. I mean, having that, so I don't think I would have established an LLC at all. And, um, like I was able to make communication boards, like these little badge communication boards. And I've sold over a hundred of them, um, which is ridiculous. I mean, I told Eric, I said, if I sell 10, I am thrilled. And then when I hit a hundred, I was like, this is crazy. Are you kidding me? And so the ability, like that was something I made for the district because we needed it or for, I should say for my school and we're pushing it out into the district. And then it was like, man, I could, I have an LLC. Like I could put this on my, I can put this on my business website. And I did. And that was awesome. Like having, so I guess it just kind of helped expand my, my view of what I can do as an SLP. So I can be a private practice SLP that treats, but gosh, I could do so much more. And I feel like every day I go, well, should I partner with the, you know, or should I work or contract through the private or the uh, early intervention service here in Indiana? Is that something I should do? Talking with Eric about like, he works for a private high school. What services are available for any of your autistic um, autistic kids that might be at the school? Is that something that we can look at? And it's just, it has taken my view from this. This is what I do as an SLP and it's gone to this. And it's really just opened a lot of doors. Like it, it, it's so cool. It's, it's really awesome. So, I mean, again, then I'm generating another source of income with those badges. Like it's awesome to see that $2 and two cents is being transferred into my account. Like I did nothing but work on this communication board for a certain amount of time. And then I have put it out there and I really do nothing else with that. Like that's just, it's just coming in. And so that's kind of nice because like I said, it just expanded what I thought I could do as an SLP. And I feel like, like hearing positive reviews about that. It's like, man, you're reaching far outside of where like my immediate area. And that's huge because a lot of, most of us are in this field because we want to help. And so it's going, I can't, I'm not just helping the immediate kids that are around me or at my school and accessible to me. Now I'm helping this district because they bought my badges or I'm helping this family because I am their private therapist. And so it's just widened what I feel like I can do, which is very dangerous because then I take things and I run with it. (laughs) But I love that. So, so everyone who's listening, like, Think about what Danny's saying, that she is able to increase her impact 
at a local level and like also a national level, because maybe some of y'all watching have also bought her AAC badges, right? But it's like, so she's able to increase her impact and also her income, right? And I think that's what I really want to inspire SLPs to do is how can you help either more people or how can you help perhaps a smaller amount of people, but deeper, right? Like all of the, the school SLPs who tell me their caseload size like my head just wants to explode. And I've, I've in all transparency, I've never worked in a school. I did a placement in grad school and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> so, so when I hear about people with these caseload sizes, I'm like, how do you even do that? Like, how do you feel like you're helping anyone? Right. And so like, I think, you know, to me, it's always been rewarding to go like in on one person or a smaller amount of people and really truly feel like you're making a difference for them. than feel like you're making like a little bit of a difference for more people. Right. And so that's what I really want people to start to think about is how can private practice honestly be a vehicle to get you where you want to go, right? I say that all the time. And some of you listening are, you know, fans of mine or whatever. Some of you have just met me for the first time tonight. But I think of private practice differently. It's not just like a setting, right? Like, you know, we've got schools and hospitals and EI and private practice. And most of the time when people say private practice, they're kind of talking about someone else's private practice. Mm -hmm. I want people to think about their own private practice as a means to get to a goal, right? So I want people to kind of think about what do you want to do? Like, do you want to work full-time? Do you want to work part-time? Do you want to always have Fridays off? Do you want to only work with autistic individuals or gender-affirming voice? Whatever your thing is, like pick that and build something that allows you to do that and earn money from it and love what you do every single day and be in charge of your life, right? Like how cool is that? And listeners, like people are doing that. Danny is doing that. (laughs) I am doing that. People in my program are doing that. Like that to me is the ultimate goal is to create a business that serves you in terms of your impact and your income. Yeah, and I love... I mean, everything that you just said just gets me all excited because that's the initial reason that I went into this and this program. And I also think like, um, I think it was Eric or it was one of my, um, one of my best friends was out from California and she asked, we were catching up and she just started her own business, which was awesome. And then she asked, you know, where do you see this private practice going? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea. And it said it could go this way. It could go this way. It could go this way. And like, for me, I love being a school SLP. I'm on the same schedule as my fiance. I could ask for, you know, I mean, nothing less, like nothing more. Like, it's amazing. Like, I love being on that same schedule as him. And then I also love the fact that over the summers, when I am off, I can ramp up and do a boot camp where we're working, like the amount of options I have to, while I'm still getting paid from my school job. I am now making more money on top of that because I can see more kids during the summer, carry out, you know, work on things that they were working on with their IEP, collaborate with other SLPs, which is always connecting with other SLPs in the area is huge. And just having that opportunity, like I will probably be in the schools for at least the next 10 years because I get public, you know, the uh, student loan forgiveness. That's my goal. And so But knowing that I can do that and then still have supplemental income, like to me, that's just like, that's amazing. And that gives me a freedom. Like I have never felt like I've had financial freedom and I still don't because I have student loans and everything, but 
knowing that I'm not just sitting and going like I'm stuck. Like I actually feel like I'm doing things. And it was a serious, legitimate conversation where Eric and I sat down last year, last December, and we went, we looked at our bank accounts and we went, can we do this? Is this an investment that we can make? And you're the prices were just about to go up. And I said, I think I have to just go all in. And I did. And we looked and we worked out the logistics. And then over the summer, I think I made it back like that. I mean, like I didn't even think about, okay, I'm making it back. Like I just did without even thinking about it. And it was like, gosh, like, as you said, it was an investment. It wasn't, well, here's money I'm spending. Like it was an investment that has returned more than I anticipated. And to take away or to shift from the finance, the financial part of it super fast, it has also significantly helped my burnout, which I was shocked. I thought, now I got burnout over the summer and that's only because I was traveling. I was driving three hours twice a week. Yes. I remember all of those stories. (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot, but like being able on Fridays, like I had five clients, I was working four tens and then I was coming home on third or Fridays and I was seeing five private practice clients and like put a lot of money towards wedding and debt and all that fun stuff. But now in the school setting, it's seriously helped my burnout because I stop my contract day ends and I don't just stop working. I stop those kids are at school and now I get to shift. And so then when I go to see those kids, I pick up the research that I was doing for this particular student and their needs and everything like that. I'm not burnt out because I haven't been dwelling over it for the next, you know, two to three hours after I leave because I have another kiddo I have to go see. And it has significantly helped my burnout. I mean, I got to tell you, and I am somebody who gets burnt out quick. It has done wonders for me. So. Well, and I love, that's just like another positive, I don't know if side effect is the right word, but whatever side something, right. Is like, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Like when you get, you know, whether it's increased confidence, increased income, you know, that feeling of control and excitement because you're, you're doing more things. Right. And so I think, you know, again, SLPs who are listening, like, this is what I want you to think about. I want you to think about private practice differently. Right. And I also want to say that like, everyone is surprised when I say this, I don't actually want people to like leap into private practice. Like when people DM me and they say like, Jenna, I quit my job. What do I do now? And I'm always like, (laughs) Do the way that I teach people to start is on the side of their jobs, right? I don't want anyone like diving into the private practice deep end, like before you're ready, right? Students who go through my program know that I teach people to start their private practices on the side, step-by-step. It's more like dipping your toe into the shallow Mm -hmm. end than like doing any like leaping or jumping, right? Because I want people to not take on a ton of risks not take on a ton of debt, right? Like I think when I first started thinking about private practice or when I was 26 and I had that opportunity and I was like, oh, what does private practice even mean? Like, I just assumed that you had to, you know, have like $10,000 to get started, right? You don't, you literally need like $150 to get started. Mm -hmm. It is one of like, we are so lucky y'all. If you wanted to start like a boutique store or a coffee shop or something like this, you would need so much money in the space and the furniture and all this kind of other stuff, you can start a private practice super lean. Like you just show up, just like Danny said, she shows up in her jeans and her sweatshirt and her ideas and the materials that she made. And like, she can have a great session that she gets paid for, right? 
So a lot of the misconceptions like that you have to wait until late in your career till you have tons of experience, right? You can gain experience as you're growing your practice, as you're building your practice. You don't have to wait until you're an expert to start, right? So shout out to, to all of the young SLPs who are starting their private practices way earlier in their careers than, than they had imagined and doing a great job with it. Yeah. And it's low pressure. That's, I think that's been the huge thing. And being a part of the Facebook group has helped. And granted, I did have my mentor. She's my now mentor, but uh, somebody in the, in my immediate circle that was like, yeah, I did this and it, and it's been great. And this is how I run it. So I was able to do that. But within the Facebook group, like it's low pressure. I never felt like, like I had to get to a certain point to either be celebrated, to reap the rewards, like the benefits, I should say, not the rewards because you're working very hard for them. But like I was celebrated when I said I established my LLC and everybody celebrated me on the Facebook group. And it was like, yeah. And that to me made it an even more enjoyable process because I was being celebrated just as much as somebody who maybe established a brick and mortar, like, which is incredible. But they, it was never like, well, look at what so-and-so is doing and look at what you're doing and you're not quite there. It was never like, it was, I think it's really cool the way that you run it because it's everybody trying to figure out how private practice is going to help them. And maybe it's, you know, a new mom who wants to do it half, you know, part-time half of her week, she wants to do that. Um, or it's a school SLP like myself who wants to do it on the side, or it's somebody who's ready to go all in with a brick and mortar. And you have people from all different blocks of their private practice life. And it's been amazing. Like, because then it's inspiring, like, man, do I want to go brick and mortar? Oh, I love what I'm doing on the side. Like, it just is so cool to have that exposure to so many different people at various places in their private practice journey. And the encouragement that comes from it is unparalleled, dare I say. Well, thank you. I think that's one of my superpowers, honestly, is creating <laughs> is creating communities, right? Like I love creating supportive communities. I'm from New Orleans and I love to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I love to celebrate people's wins, like big wins, small wins, you know, private practice is like a step-by-step -step thing, right? And there are wins and there's also days when you're like, shoot, <laughs> like I messed something up, right? Like the very first time that I remember I ordered business cards and they came in the mail and I had totally like transposed my phone number or whatever. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. And like, I didn't have any money. Like I had just started this whole thing. And so that yeah. like $26 or whatever I spent on business cards felt like the last of my money. And I was so mad at myself, right? <laughs> or like undercharging, right? Like a lot of SLPs, when they first get started in private practice, people really stress out about how much are they going to charge and are they undercharging? And here, here's what I just want to tell anyone, especially people who are doing private pay. I want you to charge what you feel comfortable charging. It's not about some going rate that you heard about somewhere because you really can't compare like you to anybody else, right? I have a friend who lives in Maine. And one time she's like, John, I'm starting my practice. How much should I charge? And I was like, I don't know, like you've been in the field for like 20 years. I think you should charge probably no less than a hundred dollars an hour. And she's like, oh, I live in Maine. I could never charge that. And I'm like, okay, well, like how much do you think you could charge? And she's like, I don't know, 80. I was like, then charge 80. Like you can always go up, right? But if she had spent like a year being stressed out between do I charge 80 or a hundred or whatever, that would be an entire year of missed time 
that she could have been treating clients even at $80, right? If you multiply 80 times, let's just say she did 50 sessions or something like that money, like she would have had in that experience and have helped those people versus stressing out over how much am I charging? Just charge what you feel comfortable charging and you could always change it later. All of my three clients, well, I have four, but all of, so I would say my four clients are all at different price points. And so you can tell my first client, I had a phone, you know, interview kind of like, what do you need from me? And I just blurted out a number and, you know, I'm in Indiana. Cost of living is pretty low out here. And so I just blurted out a number. And I remember Eric goes, uh, you could charge more than that. So then my next client, I just threw out a number. I said, this is what, and the thing is I've had one person say, we can't afford that. And I said, great, here are other SLPs because through your group, I've made connections with SLPs in my area that I can go, Hey, here's an SLP that takes insurance that might be a better route for you or another SLP for you to, to chat with, to see if their rates are reasonable for you. And But after that, like I just kept going up. And so I have three different price points because I just would throw out a number that was a little bit higher than that last one. And the client went, okay. And I was like, oh my, oh my gosh. Like, and I am not comfortable with the financial aspect, nor am I as comfortable with the business aspect. So it was a learning curve for me. But the first one I went, I think it's, I think it's lower than I should be charging. And so Eric said, well, then raise your price. And so then I did. And it's been, that's a learning curve as well. And so now I think I have a little bit more of a baseline of where I'll be at. But you're absolutely right. I was just like, well, this is the number. And then I was like, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but the point is that you did it, right? Rather than being, rather than kind of like, you know, getting stressed out about me, like, okay, no, just kidding. Ah, call that person, yeah. right? You're just like, okay live and learn, right? Like when yeah. you when you have a business, like you get to make those decisions. And I, again, like ladies, I would really like you to think about like trying to charge what you're worth, but like, if you're not kind of there yet mentally feeling like you can charge what it is that you think you should be charging or what maybe your partner thinks you should be charging, like just do something so that you can get your, your practice underway. Right. Cause what I want people to do is just get started. Right. Like everyone wants to get their ducks in a row. Like, let me know in the little chat thing or hit the heart button. If you're like, a, I love to get my duck in a row SLP, right? SLPs love to get their ducks in a row. I know Danny's like, yes. Yes. This is also why my program, I have tons of checklists. Like the whole program is like, you watch a video, you do a checklist. You watch a video, you do a checklist, right? Because people want to know the steps, right? And so what I want people to do, though, is not wait until you have all of your ducks in a row to start, but to get your ducks in a row as you start, right? You don't have to have all of them. There's like like five ducks that you have to have before you start. But once you got those five, like you can get started and then you're going to grow your practice over time. And that's how you're going to be successful. That's how you're going to not let imposter syndrome, one of Danny's other favorite topics, like talk you out of doing this, right? Because y'all have skills. Like someone has hired you at your day job to be treating people, right? And you know that you're doing a good job. And you probably also know that you could be doing a better job if you were in charge of the decisions that were being made on behalf of the kids or the clients that you're seeing, right? Yeah. And I think that's the big freedom as well. One of your favorite words. I think that's the big freedom of starting it on the side, like I had a day job, like it was 
you know, I've said, well, I'm just going to throw out a higher rate because if they turn it down, this isn't money. This is money that is nice, but my day to day, like I will still be able to be in the house that I'm in. I'll still be able to afford groceries if this client turns me down. So it's not a life or death situation. If like, I have to get this client, like that's also a huge freedom because I am somebody that if I have a little bit of that, like that panic, if you will, I will tend to be a little bit of a pushover and adjust maybe more than I should. And so that part of it has helped me become more business-minded because my soul living is not based on this private practice. And that was a huge, so that's a big learning curve that I've really tried to embrace is it's okay if I maybe undercharge or I say I'm going to charge more and the client says, no, thanks. Like I still have a steady income through my day job. This is something that I need to reevaluate. And so that's a huge freedom that I think has come from or comes from starting it on the side. Like it is not all in, this has to work. It's at least for me, it was, there was the, I've invested money in this. So I want this to work, but it wasn't my, like my livelihood. Like it wasn't, this is everything and I need this to work. And so that's super nice because it's low pressure. There was a time, there was a semester that was a little more stressful after the first of the year. And so I didn't have as much time to dedicate to the program. And it was like, well, I've invested the money. So I know I need to come back to it. But again, This isn't like, I don't, I have an income. This is supplementary. It will be nice, but I don't have to panic to get this all started. And for me, that was nice because it allowed me to take it at my own pace without, like I said, having that added stress because that is stressful when you do invest money and then you don't maybe have that steady income and you do need this to work. And so I was very grateful that that wasn't the situation that I was in and that that was what you encouraged because I think that's huge. Well, and I want people to take their time. Like the way that my program is set up, first of all, everyone gets lifetime access, right? So there's people who join who are like, I want to join now because the price is going up or something like that, Like, but I'm pregnant. And I'm like, okay, great. Enjoy your baby. <laughs> like come back to me. Like when you're ready for me, I'm ready for you, right? Or sometimes people join and then like things get crazy in their life. They have to pick up a new per diem job or someone gets sick or whatever. And it's like, okay, listen, I'm not going anywhere. Like when you're ready, you know, to come back to this, then come back to this, right? That's why it's also self-paced, right? Like we have calls that, you know, you can either come to or not, but all the content is there ready for people to go through at their own pace, because I want to, I want to provide people kind of like a choose your own adventure experience, right? It's like, Hey, if I, have time right now, I'm going to do it. If I don't have time, if I need to take a semester off, like then I'll do it later. Right. Well, we'll start to wrap this up because, you know, thank you, Danny. It's getting late for both of us, but I really just want people to, to start to think differently about private practice and see that it's not something like you don't have to have, Danny doesn't have a brick and mortar, right? She may not ever have one, right? So like, you don't have to have a brick and mortar. You can start it on the side. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to wait until way late in your career. You don't have to, there's so, you don't have to have $10,000 to start, right? So like all of the things that people think that you have to do are usually not true. We are going to be opening enrollment for the Start Your Private Practice program, which is what Danny was talking about. She's one of our alums. We're opening that up on November 8th. So if you'd like to join the full course, we would love to have you. Um, You can hang out with Danny in the Facebook group. 
and all of our other cool, we've got over 1600 SLPs who've been through the program. So you can come hang out with all of us in the Facebook group. But Danny, do you have any last like words of wisdom, parting words or things to people who are like, wow, this was kind of interesting either. Like what, where do I go from here? Like, what would you tell people who are like, wow, I'm actually now kind of thinking about this. Simply that you can do it. Like it's really as simple as you can absolutely do it. The imposter syndrome is a hundred percent real. I think it's real wherever we're at in the field. Um, and like you said, that's one of my favorite things to talk about, but it's absolutely possible. And I can't express the insane amount of gratitude and also like bad ass energy that I get from being like, man, this is mine. Like anytime there's something that goes through with my business. And so I think that you are able, I think as SLPs were confined to, you know, I'm a school SLP and I'm, you can be anything that you want to be and you can kind of create your own career, if you will, like your career can take whatever shape. You're not confined to a certain path as somebody who's bebopped around to like six different settings in her four year career or three and a half year career. You are not confined to a certain path. And so I think if this is something that excites you or you're curious about it, like dip your toe in, DM me for, you know, any questions that you have Uh, as somebody who's gone through it. I know that you were amazing as I was going through it. I was like, I did it. And I like messaged you on Instagram and you responded and that's huge. Like you are so accessible. And I also think um, my last parting word, I always do long wordy parting words, but is that there's a huge community out there that is super on fire about this because of the freedom and the flexibility, all of that, that we have gotten from this. And the amount of support that you'll receive is just something that you can't even fathom. And that's really cool. Knowing that there are people who it might be on pause for there that are celebrating you. There are people who are full fledged making buku box doing their private practice because they've put in the work and they're there cheering you on. So the community, you are not the first to go through this. So there's a beautiful plan laid out for you that makes it simple and you absolutely can do it. So just go do it. <laughs> so just go do it. Right. And so, yeah, send, send Danny a DM, send me a DM. Like I love to talk to people, but one of the things that you were saying super quick, and then we're going to wrap this up was, was about kind of like identity, right? That like lots of people have this identity of like, I'm a school SLP. I'm a helping people person. Like y'all listening, like Danny has an identity. I I don't know what you would call it of like working out. Like, I know you like to work out Mm -hmm. like fitness or something like that. Like that's an identity that Danny has, right? I I aspire to have that identity. (laughs) But like when I, when I first had a child, like when my son was born, I then took on the identity of mom, right? I didn't have that identity before, but I, I took it on, right? So you can be a school SLP and also take on the identity of business owner and of private practitioner. And yeah, it feels a little weird at first because it's not something you've done before, right? But it's something that you can really grow to, to love and be good at and to use to help, you know, help your fulfillment, help that freedom and flexibility and also finances, just like we talked about tonight. Yes to all of that. Yes to all of that. Thank you for your time, Danny, and for sharing oh, your story. And thank you. this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. Let's do it again. Don't you just love Danny? I love that she's very clear on what she wants and is making a plan to get it. 
she knows that she can grow her private practice to her desired level for the fulfillment of treating ideal clients that she wouldn't get to work with otherwise, and also the extra income to help her have more financial freedom. Everyone's private practice looks different, and you can create a private practice that's perfect for you in this season of your life. Danny is an alum of the Start Your Private Practice program. She joined, went through all of the modules, did the checklists, and got help from the mentors as needed. If you want to go through the exact same program that Danny did, head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist and sign up for our waitlist to be notified as soon as we open enrollment. We only do a big public enrollment a few times a year, so don't miss out on your opportunity to learn exactly how to get up and running quickly, just like Danny did. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week for another private practice success story. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.